Hey, how are you? Welcome back to another episode of Armchair GMs. I'm Tommy Tellerino, and alongside me, as always, the one and only Jordan Navarro. Jordan, how are we doing on this fine Friday afternoon? Um, you know, I'm doing. What what doing? I'm doing. That that's what's going on. Uh you know, just living life every day on this this rock that we call Earth, drifting through endless space. Not knowing if there's aliens or not. Not knowing if we're the only intelligent species in this entire galaxy, universe, to, to, to life. You know, it's you know, it's just things I think about when I'm laying awake in my bed. Yeah? Alright, Alex Jones. Well, you're, getting pretty, <laughs> you're getting pretty insightful here to start out. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a great way to start the day. I'm glad uh, the mind is working for you, as always. You're in those thoughts. Yeah. We're uh we're halfway through the off season grades. We got we just finished the east the last episode. We started half of the north. Or no, we did all of the north, I believe, right? Or did we only do half? Uh we still have the NFC North to yeah, we still discuss. Have the NFC north. And then, you know, today we're going on the other side. We're going to the West Coast, AFC West and NFC West. A lot of action between those eight teams. We'll start out with the AFC. What do, so we're gonna start out with the AFC West, Jordan? I'll let you pick the first team you we will talk about today. Who are you feeling? Um, let's talk about the Raiders. The Raiders. Um, they have my lowest offseason grade, so I think it's only uh, it's only fair that we talk about them first. Okay, I'll let you um, take it away. Well. They didn't do a whole lot. Um whole lot of nothing. You know, they came into the offseason off of a pretty up and down season. Uh there's a lot of hope for the black and silver out there in Vegas, you know. They uh Josh McDaniels the head coach. You you have Derek Carr, your franchise guy. You Josh Jacobs has a career year. Um and it didn't amount to anything. Traded for Devontae Adams, you know. That A lot of big things were happening for Vegas last year, and it just, nothing amounted to anything. Uh, so you go into this offseason, it's a transition year. You know, Josh McDaniels has to get the stink of that first year off of him, and it's, people are already calling for him to lose his job. And you have rumors that, you know, the ownership can't afford to cut another coach and pay him. It's, you know, after the Gruden thing. So uh, you... You know, you're sitting here, maybe a lame duck Josh McDaniels, but no, he tries to transform their roster a little bit. Uh, trade Darren Waller. He assigned Jacoby Myers to shore up the receiving core, which I thought was kind of redundant when you have him and Hunter Renfro, but I guess Myers probably a little bit better, you know, on the outside than Hunter Renfro is. But you're going to have a healthy Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, Devontae. That's a solid three. Uh, draft Michael Mayer. You already know how he's, he's a tank. You know, good red zone guy. I think he's going to be a great tight end in the NFL. Just not going to be very flashy, but very consistent. The big question was the quarterback room. You get rid of the guy, Derek Carr. Now, whether people want to say that he's a franchise legend or not, he's the most successful Raiders quarterback in a very long time. Um, That's saying something because they didn't win anything with him. But he put up consistent performances. He held down the spot for a long time, and he was a solid quarterback. And who did Josh McDaniels bring in? 
maybe one of the only quarterbacks that's less talented than Derek Carr and is a, a less capable game manager, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we talked about this at the draft. I was calling for Vegas to take a quarterback. Do something, you know, before they signed Jimmy Garoppolo. And they decided, no, we're going to, you know, we can win with this squad. They can't. You're playing in the AFC West. You bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. Derek Carr was already the worst quarterback in that division. Jimmy Garoppolo is the worst quarterback in that division. He He doesn't raise your ceiling at all. He knows Josh McDaniels. They're tight. You know, they go back to New England or whatever. So maybe he can run the system better than Derek Carr, but same level of ceiling. He's a game manager. So I, this team got no, they got no better. They, they're going to lean on the offense, try to win, I guess. The defense isn't really that spectacular outside of Max Crosby. I gave him a D minus. Um, I didn't give them an F because, you know, they, they did try to improve. But I just feel like this team isn't any good, especially in the AFC West, what they have. And your best weapon, Josh Jacobs, I mean, outside of Devontae Adams, no disrespect to Devontae Adams, still top three receiver in the league. But the guy, the engine that was this offense last year was really Devontae and, and Jacobs. And one of those guys you don't want to pay because he's a running back. And we don't know if he's going to suit up this year for them or not. You know, we have no idea. Up until this point, there's no indication that he wants to come back to Vegas. So, I mean, what did you do, really? A whole lot of nothing, I'll tell you that. Honestly, you know, you you summed up everything almost perfectly, I thought. It was a great job. You know, I, I looked at the Derek Carr move from Derek Carr to Jimmy G. I, I don't think it's any better, like you said. I mean... Jimmy G, yeah, he had success in San Fran for so many years. That's mostly team-based. You know what I mean? He wasn't asked to do much in San Fran in those big-time games. And when he really needed to make a big play, you you know, it it just it never worked out. And for me, yep. you know, Derek Carr, is he a game manager? Yeah, he definitely is. Is he an above-average game manager? I'd say so. Whereas Jimmy G... I feel like he is a definition of a game manager. This is what every game manager wants to be, I feel like, is Jimmy G. I feel like, you know, you move off of Derek Carr. He was kind of the scapegoat, I feel like, from last year. You know, this is why uh, we were as bad as we were. But, like you said, the defense isn't that good. Max Crosby, probably he's the best player on the defense by far. One of the better defenders on the defensive line in the league. The Chandler Jones pickup, that was a bust. They didn't really do much on the defensive side this offseason. They bring in Jacoby Myers. Um, honestly, I think the move of Myers is because him and McDaniels had a good connection in New England, but he never really had outstanding numbers in New England. I'll say that. He was always a solid receiver, but he never took that next step. I think it's an improvement for Hunter Renfro because he gets to play more slot, and I think he'll have a bounce back year. They don't end up signing Josh Jacobs long-term at all. Like you said, he was kind of the heart and soul for the team. It's still Devontae Adams. But honestly, you know, Devontae Adams and Jimmy G, I'd rather have Derek Carr and Devontae Adams again. That's me personally. Well, and, and you know, and I, it's something I completely forgot to mention and glossed over. The reason Devontae came to Vegas in the first place was to play with Derek Carr. Yeah. They were their former you know, teammates. Him, him, 
Yeah, you know, you don't leave Aaron Rodgers, even though, you know, that breakup yeah. was years in the making. Devontae, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay were all going to go their separate ways. But you don't leave Aaron Rodgers and the success you had with that quarterback, wide receiver duo, for no reason, right? He didn't look at Vegas' quarterback room and say, Derek Carr is better than Aaron Rodgers. Now, what he says in the media and hypes up his guy, listen, we have people say that Daniel Jones is franchise quarterback in the Giants. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. you hype up everybody, right? You hype up your guy. But he wanted to play with them because they're best friends. They're best friends for life. That's one of his, you know, that's his guy. And then you trade him, and I don't think Devontae's very happy. I think he's probably going to get moved sooner rather than later. Um, Like you said, Jimmy Garoppolo's just a game manager. He's a, if everything is perfect, he can win you a game. There's only maybe two or three games I can remember in Jimmy's entire 49ers career that I was like, Jimmy Garoppolo won us this game. Or he was one of the main reasons we won. He can keep you on schedule. He's not a bad quarterback by any means. He's not going to win you any games. Derek Carr can go out and win a game. You know, not every not every game, but he steps up sometimes. Yeah. More often than Jimmy. And, you know, one thing I like way more to Derek Carr than Jimmy G, Derek Carr has an arm. I He's able to make a deep ball. Whereas Jimmy G, you know, Devontae Adams, he's a deep threat. I don't think Jimmy G's going to be able to hit the boundaries on the outside. We've talked about before. He works inside the hash marks. He works in the middle of the field. And one thing I want to bring up again, the draft, I don't think they did that well. You know, they had the seventh pick. We, we I don't know. I forget what the exact picks were in our mock drafts. I think we had quarterbacks going to them. At least one of us did. And they take defense. And then, you know, I look at some of the guys they did sign for that secondary, which has been atrocious. They signed Marcus Peters. What is Marcus Peters going to bring value to in the AFC West? Yeah, and it's it's all it's all contextual, yeah. right? It's just a very nuanced thing that you got to talk about with the Raiders because I don't actually think the Raiders are horrible, right? I think this offense should be pretty decent. If Josh yeah. Daniels actually coaches, they should be pretty okay. I think it was redundant to sign Jacoby Myers because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to work in the middle of the field anyway, and you already had Hunter Renfro, who I think is one of the most underrated slot receivers in the league, and Devontae, who's going to beat you anywhere. Like he, You can line him up as a running back. He will beat anybody out of He'll the backfield. Yeah. yeah, he's he just he's the best receiver at creating separation and has been for a long time, and I know Justin Jefferson's probably the guy now, but up until this point, there was no one taking Devontae Adams' crown, right? And then, you know, Darren Waller to Michael Mayer. Michael Mayer, he's strong, you know, big frame. He'll work the the inside. He, that's what he did at college. He's really good at doing that. So you, you all your weapons are over the middle of the field anyway, but you have a quarterback now that even if Derek Carr's not very accurate on his deep ball, he's willing to push the ball down the field and open up your offense. Jimmy Garoppolo's not going to do that. He's a very safe quarterback. He's accurate over the middle of the field, has a strong enough arm to fit it in tight windows, and he takes risk over the middle of the field. That's what he does well. Hitting outside the numbers, he's not doing that. It's not going to happen. And I glazed over the Michael Mayer draft. Um, honestly, they moved on from Darren Waller for health reasons. I think that's going to be a good upgrade down the road. I think Mayer has a lot more potential compared to what Waller and at this point in his career is. I think yeah. um, it, that was a good move. But I'm with you on this offseason with the Raiders. I gave him a D. I just think it was it, it wasn't much. The moves they made, 
they were kind of the same. And for them being the same, they're not in a good position, I feel like. Especially in the yeah, AFC like I West. Said, yeah, like I said, it's contextual. If this team was in, you know, the, the AFC East, like even like even then, like they, they might be a little bit better, though. Like AFC West is a very hard division to win. If this team was in the NFC South, I guess the AFC East is tough now as well with all the defenses. But NFC South is a great example. A lot of young teams down there, not a lot of talent. This Raiders team would be really good down there. But you play in the AFC West, okay? You're talking Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, two of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. And then Russell Wilson, and, you know, I think this is a great segue to talk about the Broncos. Yeah. <clears throat> what they're going to do, everyone loves to hate on them. Yes, Russ looked horrible last year. Horrible. Was Let not cooking up anything. Wasn't that? <laughs> But Russell Wilson was a very talented quarterback for a very long time in this league, and he's not at the point in his career where I think he's completely washed. Now, do I think he's ever going to be MVP Russ again and that, that MVP candidate's caliber? No. But he's a hell of a lot more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr. And great segue, Tommy. I'll let you talk about him first. Oh, boy. Um, but like I said, contextual. The Raiders... Not a good offseason for the division you play in. Yeah, and you know, like we said, this other team, the Denver Broncos, they were bottom of the barrel to ASC West last year, and they went out, and honestly, I think they made upgrades, and the biggest one was the head coaching position. Uh, we saw Hackett last year in Denver. It might have been one of the worst years of a head coach, besides Urban Meyer, I'll tell you that. But I mean... They go out and get Sean Payton, who has an unbelievable track record in New Orleans. They were good for so many years when he was head coach. And they added the offensive line and the defensive line, which was kind of really the two big weaknesses on the Denver Broncos. You know, they didn't really have a lot of protection for Russell Wilson last year. I think that's part of the reason why he looked as bad as he did. There's, there's still some fault for Russell Wilson, but I think the bad offensive line didn't help. You know, they improved the protection, and then they add weapons in the backfield behind Javante Williams. I think, you know, this was a solid step in the right direction for the Denver Broncos this offseason. I like the moves they made, and I think the biggest thing is you can see that a, there is a plan. They know where they're starting from, and they're. I think they're going to know how to build off this. I agree with everything you said. Um, <clears throat> Sean Payton was obviously the big get. Um, and like you said, he heavily emphasized upgrading that defensive line, which already a great defense. You know, Denver hasn't had a bad defense in a while. And upgrading the offensive line for Russ. Now it's on Russell Wilson to kind of get rid of some of that control that he had going into the building last year because Denver was so desperate for a savior after Peyton Manning. I think they kind of overshot, and uh, Russell Wilson came in with a little bit too much power. Yeah. And he didn't really have to prove anything. And I think Sean Payton's going to strip some of that away. and. Russ is going to have to play quarterback first and brand and and advertisements and personal accolades are going to have to come second for Russ this year. Um, I give him a B just because uh, I'm still not fully convinced that Russ is back. But I think one of the most underrated parts of this, uh, this offseason was Marvin Mims. I really liked him coming out of college. I think he opens up a whole new dynamic to that offense because I think he's probably the best deep uh, deep threat they have on that roster at wide receiver. Looking for Jerry Judy to have a big year. I think it's make or break for him. I think Cortland Sutton has to bounce back. Um, Greg Dolich, uh, I think he's a really 
athletic, really talented tight end that they should get involved in the pass game. They brought in Adam Troutman from New Orleans to be the inline guy and block. Uh, same with Chris Manhurts, who's also a talented blocker. You get Javante healthy with some AJP Ryan. That's a good backfield. I think the offense as a whole is upgraded. It's going to be on Russ, right? Um, so that's why I gave him a B because I, you know, I just I, it's all on Russell Wilson. I can't give him an A. Uh, I just don't. They didn't go out and make like a super big impact addition on the offensive. They didn't trade for Trent Williams. Like Mike McGlinchey is, he's okay. Yeah, he's not a cornerstone tackle. You know, they needed if they're going to do something to get an A. You have to do something that is either like so stupidly easy, like getting Todd Munkin yeah. for Baltimore, you know what I mean? Or really make an impact decision a hiring, which I guess Sean Payton is, but uh Russ looked horrible last year, so just I was temper gonna, expectations. I was gonna say the first preseason game, it didn't look that great as well with the time with Russ in, so there's there's still a chance that he looked like himself from last year. But I think, honestly, you know, with the Sean Payton hire, I think it's great for all these offensive weapons. I mean, I think this offense has the potential to thrive. I think, you know, we're going to see Russell Wilson play a lot like Drew Brees in the Sean Payton system. They're very similar play styles. Uh, one signing that I I really liked from the Denver Broncos on the defensive side was Frank Clark. I think that was a good signing. You know, they lost Bradley Chubb, and the, they got uh, picks back for him. I think he's he's going to have to be the replacement, but it takes away someone that's a division rival from the Chiefs on their defensive side. You bring him over to Denver, he can help on the insight, I feel like, when they face Kansas City. Absolutely, and that's a great point. And uh, just to finally touch on, on Denver and justify my grade a little bit more, they also didn't get Sean Payton for free. Yeah. Um, I know he's a fantastic coach, and I don't have any disrespect for Sean Payton. But to have to spend draft capital to get a coach is, I mean, people will say it's a positive and it shows that they want to really win. But it's still, the coach isn't playing. And there's only so much Sean Payton can do to win you games. At the end of the day, if Russell Wilson is washed, giving up that you know first-round pick to, to get Sean Payton is just, it was a waste if Russell Wilson's washed. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen it bite teams before where end up not working out in their favor, bringing in the head coach after moving draft capital. Um, my grade for him, I gave him the B plus, basically off the Sean Payton move. I think, you know, we talked about it before with past teams. A lot of offseason grades, you know, it's more than just the players. It's more than just the drafts and the free agent signings. It's bringing in a new personnel that might be needed for a culture change or to improve the roster in general. So I think, you know, that was their big, that was their backbone move this offseason was getting Sean Payton in there. And then um, that's all I have for Denver. Anything else you want to add? Nah. Moving on yeah. to, uh, I want to I wanna talk about the Chiefs before we get to the Chargers. Okay. Um. Chiefs had an interesting one, man. Uh, very quiet. Yeah. Um, they let Orlando Brown Jr. walk, and and you know we talked about it when it was happening. I think he was one of the guys that uh, signed while we were doing an episode. Um, he ends up with the Bengals. You, you know, big rivalry brewing there. But they replaced him with Jawan Taylor, and I think. Uh, 
it's kind of gone under the radar, to be honest. It, it was a huge cost. They got him at $20 million a year. And, you know, it's kind of the same as, as Orlando Brown. But you're taking away from Jacksonville, who's a rising team in your, your conference. And he is a very solid right tackle. Now, he's originally slated to play on the left side, but they also got Donovan Smith to play on the left side so they can keep Jawan Taylor at, uh, at right. So to uh, to kind of offset the Orlando Brown uh, departure, I think that's a I think that was a great signing. I think that balances out. I think it makes it all even. Getting Charles Amenahu, a great rotational guy for San Francisco, he's really really good. Um, he will help their defensive line a lot. Drew Tranquil, linebacker, always around the ball, really solid in coverage. Came from the Chargers, taking yes. another piece away from a team that's also competing with you. Mike Edwards from uh, from Tampa Bay, really solid safety. Um, and then Rashi Rice, you know, I think he's an underrated receiver, but he, you know, he wasn't a flashy pick at the receiver position. Obviously, he's not a Kadarius Tony or anyone like that with a ball in his hands, but he's a solid receiver, and I think he's someone that's going to work. Right, I think right now, you look at the receiver room; it's all projects. Sky Moore, just kind of a lesser explosive athlete than Kadarius Tony, but him and Kadarius Tony are kind of similar. I would put my money on Sky Moore being a much better pro than Kadarius Tony because I think Kadarius Tony at this point is just an enigma. I think he's a gadget player at best. Um Justin Ross, listen, was one of the most talented college wide receivers I have ever seen. I watched him destroy Alabama. And not just like Jalen Hyatt with a you know just bad plays by the defense. He imposed himself upon out like he was the reason he was destroying Alabama, not blown coverage. He was getting himself open all the time. Um, that was a long time ago. You know, injury in college, and he had the foot injury coming in. You know, is the talent probably still there? Sure, but he's never going to be what he was supposed to be coming out of college, and I don't think he's someone you can bank on in this receiver room. So really, right now, it's MVS, Oof. Justin Watson, to both of those guys to stretch the field to get Travis Kelsey open, and then you're hoping one of Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony can be a slot guy. That's why I like Rashi Rice. I think he's a very safe, safe forward pick. He's still a project, but I think he's got the work. I think he's got the measurables, and he's. I can see him being much better and much more projectable than Moore or Tony. So Kansas City, I gave him a C plus. Um, for all the reasons I just laid out. I think they made smart draft choices. They weren't flashy at all, trust me. But they made smart draft choices. And their big loss in Orlando Brown, they, they replaced. And they added some solid vet options on the defense. And it's one of those things, you know, we always talk about Kansas City's defense. It's kind of like the Patriots' defenses from a while ago where they're going to look horrible in September and October. Come December, they've played themselves into shape. They they play so many different defensive fronts. Their playbook is so deep. They got to counter to everything. They just have to play themselves into that that elite defense, and that's what always happens, right? Young secondary last year, then they grounded into shape, and you know I'm just not going to worry about the Chiefs defense anymore. I'd use that excuse on why people can beat the Chiefs, just like everyone used the excuse of why Tyreek Hill was so important. They prove you wrong every time. The, the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL for a reason. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, that coaching staff they have there. Yeah, and, you know, you brought up the defense, and honestly, 
they make the play when it matters. There's, it's always the right break for them. Um, you summed up everything perfectly for the Kansas City off off season. I, you know, I think they did a good job adding depth to the positions that they needed. You know, they have a lot of depth in the wide receiver room, even though a lot of them are projects. But at this point, you know, it's like which one of them is just going to pan out? I think that's what they're hoping yeah, for. And you know, they, they lost Juju, but I feel like that's not big of a loss for them because I think they prepared that with you know with Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Justin Ross. Which one of them needs to fill in? They still have Kels. Um Running back room they didn't do much with. You know, it's kind of whoever. I I feel like it's always a hot hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mc, McKinnon's probably going to get most of the, the passing work just because I think he is the best passing back there. But, um, yeah, they're really silent. I love the, the Taylor signing just because I don't think they need a guy as good as Orlando Brown for this offense to be as great. You know what I mean? They realize yeah. that like, okay, we're losing Orlando Brown, but you bring in Taylor who he, he's not going to be as good as Orlando Brown, but you don't need him to be, you know what I mean? It's, it's not a necessity at this point. And the only other big thing in this off season for him that I just want to bring up was Chris Jones right now. Um, they are in contract disputes. He's always been kind of the cornerstone of that defensive line and all of the defense last year. I, I always felt like it was him and Tyron Matthew. Those were the big guys there. Matthew's gone now. Chris Jones, I, he's got one more year left on the contract. Is that what it is? Yeah, he wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback. Um, Oof. And it was one of those things where I was going to talk about it, but it's such a no-brainer. Well, maybe not no-brainer in terms of money, but... Listen, he's probably right now. Aaron Donald, you know, you can't you can't take the crown until proven otherwise, right? Yeah. You got to beat the guy to be the guy, um, or beat the man to be the man. Uh, but it's Aaron Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, one A, one B, in my opinion. I think Chris Jones, when it comes to postseason football, I mean, I know he didn't have the sack or whatever, but the amount of of impactful plays he he makes in the playoffs is it just can't be understated. He shows up when he is needed most, and he wrecks plays. So I feel like, you know, it's something you're going to get done. Yeah, and honestly, I think, you know, we we say a lot about the defense, but that's probably the biggest move you need to make if you want that defense to be where it is come uh, December and January for them. Honestly, you know, I gave I gave Kansas City a B. They didn't really need to do too much, I felt like. You know what I mean? And the stuff that they did do, I think they did it in a really good fashion. But they didn't – I didn't think they exceeded expectations, but I don't think they fell short of expectations this offseason. Yeah, and, you know, you, I, I think I gave them a C plus. Like, you know, I feel like you could have went out and got the D-Hop yeah. or the OBJ or, you know, just a flashy wide receiver just to give – like, I would have given I would have given them a B if they did that just because I do think that – Although they don't need one, right? I'm not going to say they, they just won yeah. the Super Bowl. And it wasn't a cheapie either. Jalen Hurts played his ass off. So they didn't need one. Patrick Mahomes is that special. Andy Reid is that special of a head coach. Travis Kelsey is unstoppable. Uh, so letting, you know, MVS and Justin Watson run wind sprints and open up the defense while Travis Kelsey does all of his damages, it works. But, you know, always having another playmaker is someone that actually is good at football and can run more than a nine route is fantastic. Uh, 
So that's why they got a C plus instead of a B for me. But like I said, it wasn't even necessary. You know, they didn't yeah. need to sign a wide receiver. They can figure it out this year. And I feel like they will. You know, if one of these guys doesn't pan out, you'll probably see them get a little bit more aggressive in the receiver market. But it still won't be a Tyreek Hill level of talent. They're just not going to pay a wide receiver that money because they don't need to. I was going to say it's. I think they they prove it. Like it's not needed. They just need someone who's really fast. That's anyone can be fast and be in that system. Um, yeah, until Travis Kelsey retires, you yeah. know that's just how it is. And I think I think we talked about it a lot the last couple of years how people are starting to figure out Kansas City, and I think Kansas City, you know. They, they, I think they realize, especially you know, going two years ago when Patrick Mahomes was having those struggles early, like okay, people are starting to key in on Travis Kelsey. They're not letting us. They're not playing two man deep against us with with Tyree Kill and you know getting oh he might get a sixty yard touchdown. No, we're just going to key on Travis Kelsey. They said okay, fine, we'll stop paying Tyreek. We'll put two guys at run win sprints. We'll keep running the same offense. You're just not going to stop us now. Yeah. And, you know, they, they got a good chance of making it all the way back. You know, they kept most of the roster the same. So who knows? Another team that we'll end with for the AFC West, the Los Angeles Chargers, who, you know, every year it it's like, oh, this is, this is the year they make the leap. They're going to make this deep playoff run. It falls short every year. You know, last year was an awful way to go out. Offseason came around and they switched things up. They go out and get Kellen Moore. Jordan, what did you think of the Kellen Moore signing? I think it's fantastic. Um, I know he gets a lot of uh, crap for how the Cowboys season ended, but uh, that's on Dak Prescott. He went into San Francisco and peed his pants. Again. Um, and I'm sh- I'm sure Kellen Moore didn't want to put Zeke at center for the last play of the, the season. I'm sure he didn't really want to do that. Um, Kellen Moore is one of the bright young minds in the NFL. Now, I'm not going to say he's a top five coordinator or anything crazy like that. I just think he has a lot of potential. I think on his second stop, he'll take things that didn't work in Dallas and he'll refine them and he'll figure it out. Also, I think he's going to have a lot of freedom, a lot more than he had in Dallas. Because listen, when you coach in Dallas, Jerry Jones, you have Jerry Jones it, yeah. is always there. He's always putting his little grubby paws into everything you do. And and then Mike McCarthy, who is a very, I don't want to say egotistical because I don't know the man. I'm not going to talk about his character. But he comes off as a, this is my offense still. You're the offensive coordinator. I allow you to call yeah. the plays type of coach. Mike McCarthy's had success uh, thanks to Aaron Rodgers. That's it. He, he hasn't been successful otherwise. And Aaron Rodgers carried him to that Super Bowl as a very young quarterback. And then we thought they were going to win multiple, and it didn't happen. Uh, But Kellen Moore is very bright. And he's he's going, talk about the upgrade, and why I said more freedom. Brandon Staley is on the hot seat. Yes. Very hot. His seat is on fire. He can't even sit down. He has to, like, touch it before he sits down, make sure there's, like, one cool spot. Like, his, his, his butt is on fire, okay? So he brings in a bright young mind. I don't think Brandon Staley, as a defensive guy, is going to tell Kellen Moore what to do at all. I don't even know if he'll sit in on the meetings, to be honest. I think he's saying, Kellen Moore, please fix my issues. We won't go for it on fourth down anymore. Just just do what you got to do. And he's going, and Kellen Moore, like I said, talk about the upgrade. He's going to have that freedom now, but also 
he's he's getting an upgrade himself. Not yeah. just in terms of freedom. He's going from Dak Prescott to Justin Herbert. There's a lot of things Justin Herbert can do that Dak Prescott cannot do. Justin Herbert is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay? He's got maybe the strongest arm in the NFL. He's very mobile. He can make all the throws. He has great touch. So this offense is going to be fantastic. I love the, the acquisition for that reason. Now tell me talk about the nitty-gritty a little bit more. Last year, it was check down city. Keenan Allen was hurt. Mike Williams was hurt. The only weapon that was always healthy was Austin Eckler. So Justin Herbert didn't throw the ball deep, even though he has one of the best arms in the league. Jalen Guyton also got hurt, who was their kind of de facto guy there. So they said, okay, we need to kind of get an insurance plan for if this happens again. They went and got the best yak receiver in the draft class, other than maybe JSN, Quentin Johnston. Now, I'm not huge on him. I think there's legitimate concerns in his his prospect profile, but I know one thing. If you get the ball in his hands, he will make people miss. He will pick up extra yardage. He can also win downfield. He's big. He's fast. Just got to fix the little minor things he has in his game. And if you talk about route running, there's not a better receiver to learn from than Keenan Allen. So now you have those three healthy. You got Austin Eckler. You have an OC that wants to pick up the pace. Dallas was top three offense when Kellen Moore was there every year, don't mind you. And they played at an extremely fast pace. They'll do that in LA with maybe a better quarterback and better weapons. So just off of that, I'm giving them an A minus. And defensively, they brought in Eric Kendricks, who I think is a really big upgrade for that linebacker room. Yeah, and, you know, you, you brought up potential with Kellen Moore. I think, you know, in Dallas, Kellen Moore showed a lot of potential. I think the one thing that I, I want to see less of out of Kellen Moore, I think this is a perfect situation for him. He did a lot of trick plays in Dallas, where or, you know, getting the ball 10 yards behind the line to start out. I think... You're going to see better play calling out of him because I think he got a lot of mistakes out in Dallas. But now you're talking, like you said, you're going from Dak to Justin Herbert. Dak Prescott had amazing games with Kellen Moore. He had some really bad ones. He did have some really good ones. And like you said, the arm talent alone from Justin Herbert and Dak Prescott is, is miles separate from each other. I mean, Herbert, he can throw the ball downfield. They get uh, Quentin Johnson. I think, you know, it was the right move to make. You know what I mean? Just because, honestly, you don't know how many more years you have of Keenan Allen at a at a high level. Mike Williams, he's hurt every year. It's it's on command at this point. So yeah. this is a guy you can see taking over maybe a long-term connection with Justin Herbert for years to come. And then the other big thing is they signed Justin Herbert to a long-term deal. They, I mean, that's the huge thing right there. People didn't know, you know, does Herbert want to play in L.A. long term? I feel like it's always inevitable. You know, he's from the West Coast. He's grew up there his whole life. He went to college to Oregon. And then uh, you brought up the Eric Kendrick signing on the defensive side. That's really the only big defensive signing they made. They still have Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, too, on the defensive line. The parts are there. And honestly, I think it's just coaching. Like you said, Brandon Staley's on the hot seat. If he can't make a at least a deep playoff run, in my opinion, he's gone. Yeah, you know, I think I think he gets the you get the benefit of the doubt. You're playing in Patrick Mahomes' division, right? Yeah. Um, if you don't win the division, okay, I think it's going to be water off the 
off the turtle's back there. Um, if you uh, if you don't make a deep playoff run, if you don't win a playoff game or two, that's when you're going to start getting into trouble. Uh, you know, even like we can't get bounced in the wild card games anymore. We that that's got to stop, especially coming the way that off they of did. that game against Jacksonville. Here you have an ascending, young, talented quarterback and a head coach who put his trust, his, all of his trust, into Trevor Lawrence. After how that first half went, they could have easily said, okay, you know, let's just work on some stuff for next year. If we get back in this game, we get back in it. But no, Doug Peterson said, you go out there, you play like your hair is on fire, let's get back in this game. Trevor Lawrence responded. That came against a defensive head coach. Against a defense that had spent a ton of money in the offseason. And you just folded. And, and then the offense couldn't do anything. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like you said, coming off a loss like that, the seat has never been more on fire for a head coach. And I would not be shocked if they underperform again this year and the offense looks better, much better, right? And the defense just lets them down. You could see Kellen Moore potential become the head coach there. Um, kind of the same thing as I thought with Washington with Eric Bieniemy. It's it's a it's a tough situation for Brandon Staley, but I gave him an A minus because I think Kellen Moore is a great addition, and I love the Quentin Johnson pickup, and Eric Kendricks is a great vet, and they also have young linebackers there that can learn from him. Uh, but the freedom that Kellen Moore is going to give this offense is is huge. Yeah, and I gave him I gave him a B. You know, I I feel like there were just better off seasons from other teams that um where I just couldn't give him the A. I feel like you know they probably. They probably could have tried to move Keenan Allen at this point just because of age and stuff. But I feel like also, too, they're going to have to move on from either him or Mike Williams in the next year. So we'll see how that goes. Um, overall, it was a good offseason. You know, they, they made the things that they needed to do, and I think they're going to improve. We'll, uh, we'll go to the NFC side now. Jordan, I want to start out with a team – in Seattle. Seattle, you know, a lot of people are saying they're on the come up. They're saying they could dethrone San Fran as the leaders in the division. Jordan, what do you think is their offseason as a whole? Um, I thought they came in the offseason with one question in mind, and that is, is Jim, Geno Smith our guy? They were in a very good position and a rare position for teams where they had a high draft pick, but they also had a really good team. They knocked their last draft out of the park. Uh, got their two franchise tackles. Got Tariq Woolen. I mean, they had a fantastic draft. The Russell Wilson trade looks like an absolute haul right now because somehow they came out of it with the better picks and the better quarterback. You know, until, until proven otherwise. They committed to Geno, which I think was the correct decision. Um, three years, $75 million. Uh, it's just, you know, on, on the end of quarterback things, it's a shorter, less expensive deal. So if things do go bad, you know, they, they can kind of get out of it quick. Um, but then, you know, you bring in Draymond Jones, bring in Julian Love, two good vets, uh, get Devon Weatherspoon to, to help Tariq Woolen, get Zach Charbonnet, and it raised some eyebrows when they picked him. But he brings everything that Kenneth Walker doesn't. And let me, let me explain what I mean there. Kenneth Walker to me, and I'm a high, I'm high on Kenneth Walker. I think he's a great talent. He is a poor man's Derrick Henry. Um, 
early in Derrick Henry's career, not so much now. I think Derrick Henry does a great job of keeping his offense on schedule. But early in Derrick Henry's career, even though he was big, he'd have a lot of negative runs. You know, negative two, negative three, one, two. Then he'd rip off a 20-yarder. Then he'd rip off a 15-yarder. But his offense wasn't being kept on schedule. Kenneth Walker's a lot of the same way. He's going to have a lot of negative runs or a lot of just no gain or just short gain. But then he'll rip off three or four 20-yarders in a game or three or four 10-plus in a game. And that's how he gets most of his yardage. Very explosive athlete can take any touch to the house. Zach Charbonnet is not that type of athlete. But Zach Charbonnet very rarely gets stopped at the line of scrimmage. He's going to keep your offense on schedule. He's a good pass blocker. He can catch much better than Kenneth Walker. He's going to be the thunder to Kenneth Walker's lightning. I think that's fine. I think that's a great dynamic. And did I mention they drafted the best wide receiver in the draft? JSN. Who people scratch their heads. You already have Ty- Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Why do you need another receiver? JSN on the field, Tommy, Ohio State, had Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave playing on the outsides of him. And as a freshman, outplayed both of them. We're talking about two of the arising stars in the NFL, the receiver position, and JSN was better than them, and he wasn't getting looks outside. He was strictly in the slot. I've talked about it. Not an explosive athlete, but very shifty, very agile, great route runner. Creates yak out of nowhere. For the athlete that he is, he shouldn't be getting as much yak as he does, but he just does it. So you tell me why they did that. He's perfect. Fits he did the it in system. college. Yeah. Now he's doing it in the NFL. Tyler Lockett, great on the boundary. Great. One of the best receivers of his generation. He's not going to get the respect he deserves until his career is over. But Tyler Lockett has been a great boundary receiver for a very long time. Will beat you deep. DK Metcalf. He's on steroids, probably. He, all he does is he runs very fast. He's a very strong man. He'll beat you at the catch point. He'll push you off at the line of scrimmage. Fantastic boundary receiver. Prototype X. JSN gets to work underneath with all that room. With an accurate quarterback like Geno Smith, who was very accurate last year, one of the most accurate in the NFL, and now he just gets layups over the middle that that receiver can turn into extra yardage, he's fantastic. Now he's got a running back that he's going to hand the ball off to, and no, he's going to get me two. He's going to get me three. He's going to get me four. He's going to keep me on schedule. Get, give me my play action. Oh, I got a dump off right here. Then we bring in Kenneth Walker, fresh legs. Touch. Uh, didn't go anywhere. Touch. Oh, 60-yard touchdown. They had a fantastic offseason. Fantastic. I give them an A. I was going to say, they knocked it out of the park. You know, you brought up some of the signings. Draymond Jones, Sharon Reed, Bobby Wagner, Julian Love. You know, they upgraded that secondary. Now, it may not be Legion of Boom good, but it's still a really good young secondary and, you know, they bring back Bobby Wagner. I think that's a great role for him. He's going to be a veteran, teach the young linebackers. He knows the system. Um, JSN, I think, you know, bringing in JSN, I think they have one of the best wide receiver rooms in the NFL right now. I think as a trio, if you look at duos, they're probably Maybe, yeah, on they're the not, yeah, I, bottom of the 10. As all Trios? Three, though, yeah, I think there's only two, two teams, two maybe only one. It might only be Cincinnati. That's how good JSN is. That's how underrated Tyler Lockett is. That's how underrated DK Metcalf is. 
like like you said, that trio is insane. And they all do their skill sets are all different from each other. You know what I mean? They all are great at doing their own thing where it's going to mix up the defenses that they're playing. They can't base their coverage on one person. And, you and know, even so, you know, you can get different looks still. It's not like yeah. JSN can't go on the boundary. Tyler Lockett played a lot of slot last year as well. You could put Tyler Lockett in the slot and then put JSN on the outside and you've got a different coverage. You can put DK in the slot. Yeah. You don't want a linebacker on DK Metcalf. You know, you know, so it, like you said, they all do their own thing. And in their in their areas where they are now, where you have the two boundary guys, JSN in the slot, it's fantastic. But you put any of those guys in the slot and put JSN on the outside, it's going to yield results as well. JSN is just that talented. So, I, I mean, I completely agree with you. It's it's insane, the, the mixture and the, the amount of plays that they're going to be able to call up and how hard it's going to be to guard those three. Especially when you consider who do we have in the backfield. Know what I mean? Yeah. Because we're not gonna play off if Kenneth Walker is back there. You don't want that. And you know, you know, Pete Carroll, a great offensive coach, and then the Zach Charbonnet signing. Um, I th- it's like you said, great complimentary, and they're both young. They they're both on rookie contracts. Gives them time to say, hey, maybe we like this one more for our game than the other one. I mean. I told you the day that I saw this, uh, Zach Charbonnet, what is Gus Johnson doing in a jersey for the NFL? It's insane <laughs> how much he looks like Gus Johnson. And, you know, I think he's he's in a good system right now in Seattle. I also give him an A just because, honestly, I think they upgraded everywhere and they they were good in every asset that they needed to be in the offseason. They hit it out of the park in free agency. They added depth to the defense where they needed to. And then they go in the draft. They they add to the secondary right off the bat with the – I forget what the number pick was, but it was high. And then they added depth to the offense as well, adding a receiver running back. And, and here's, the, here's the crazy thing, Tommy, not to cut you off. I know you're about to go on a, a rant. But like you said, they add, they add to the secondary and you add to the offense – you gave Geno Smith the contract. You showed faith in him. But like I said, it's kind of a you know lesser end on the quarterback spectrum. They could get out of it kind of easily. Tyler Lockett might be gone next year, but if he's not, those three, those two, you know, good young running backs. The next quarterback you get, if Geno's not the guy, is set up for outstanding success. Yeah, good young offensive line, and of and, and ridiculously talented weapons all over the place. Yeah, and the only thing I was just going to say is all the guys they add in that uh, first and second round, they're guys who are, they're, they may not be number one prospects at their positions, but they're all at least, I feel like, top five coming out of the draft. So they added high-quality prospects. I think that's where they just knocked it out of the park. So I think, I, based off of all the moves, I think you got to give them the A. Um, you know, I think I think I would be more inclined to say Seattle might win this division if the Niners' defense wasn't so damn dominant, um, and if you know Seattle had dominant edge rushers. But you can't really. I mean, San Francisco's offense is ridiculous, right? Like we all know that, and we know what's going on there. But Seattle's offense as a whole is up there, and offensive units, it's up there. It's top three easily. Yeah, and you know the big question mark always for I don't I'd say the past three or four years was the offensive line, and they kind of fixed that last year. So it 
the offense, like you said, it, it can be really scary. But, um, you know, you brought up San Fran. I think it's fitting they'll be the next team we talk about just because the other two teams didn't really do much in the offseason. Jordan, I'll let you take it away for San Fran. Um, I'm very disappointed in our offseason. Um, we did get Javon Hargrave, and, and you know, it's more of a – it's Javon Kinlaw has been a bust uh, at the defensive tackle position, replacing DeForest Buckner. Javon Hargrave was dominant last year on, on Philly – but he is older, and I do worry that, you know, he had 57 total pressures last year. That was double, more than double at any of the interior linemen that we had on our roster last year, including Eric Armstead. I just worry that he's not going to be that guy that we paid for the past prime version of himself, and that might happen, but that's something we, we can turn ourselves with when that happens. Right now, I know that on paper, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave is fantastic, and I think that Drake Jackson can be that other uh, speed rusher on the end, and I think uh, that front four is, is pretty good. Our front seven in general is fantastic. We did lose uh, Aziz Alshier, but D. Winters, a, uh, a rookie, I think is he's really good, and Fred Warner and Drake Greenlaw, both top 100 guys. Uh, it's, it's hard to say that we don't have the best linebacker room in the NFL still. Uh, I like Clean Farrell. Uh, I think he was an interesting pickup. I think he still has some potential. He was a high draft pick. And Sam Darnold, you know, it, the lack of clarity in the quarterback room is still going to hurt San Francisco. I know it's Brock Purdy's room uh, until proven otherwise, but this whole Trey Lance saga has got to end. Um, if he's not going to be the guy, we got to trade him. I mean, it just has to happen, whether it's in season or not. I think right now you see, if you truly wanted him to develop, you would give all the touches to him. But Brock Purdy came in, processed quick, made all the throws, can get out of the pocket, was kind of a deceptive athlete, much better athlete than I thought he was. He's Kyle Shanahan's guy. He's proven it. Trey Lance hasn't proven it. So you're not going to give him the touches. This roster isn't in a position to develop a quarterback. We had the year set for Trey Lance to do it, and then he got injured. Things change when you get a seventh-round rookie that comes in and looks fantastic. It's just it's the nature of the game. It's business. But if Sam Darnold's competing with Trey Lance for the two spot, it's pretty clear that they want Sam Darnold to be the two. So move off of Trey Lance. But other than that, they did nothing, right? Christian McCaffrey was the big guy midseason, so you're getting a full season of him to install and do everything, so that's really good. Offensive line has major questions that we didn't really do anything to answer. Um, defensively, we didn't need to make that many additions. We did need to shore up the interior, which we did with Javon Hargrave, and I think that's really the only reason I don't give them like a C- minus or a D plus. I give them a C just for that, but we didn't do anything to really answer the questions. Uh, in the quarterback room or really provide clarity to where where we want to take this offense because it's it's going to look entirely different if Trey Lance is playing than it does with Brock Purdy. Yeah, and you brought up, you know, Brock Purdy, Darnold, Lance. I, I was watching Good, uh, Good Morning Football today, and, you know, they talked about this because I believe it was announced that Darnold's going to start in the next preseason game. Yeah. And, you know, they said – they made a good point. I know that you gave up a lot for Trey Lance, but at one point, where, where do you just bite the bullet and just say, hey, we're going to have to move on from him? You know, you have Brock Purdy here who is developing well in the system. 
and you know what you're going to get out of him rather than how much longer are we going to wait for Trey Lance? Just because, you know, they brought the point, you don't really know what you got with him. You know what I mean? You and he, know, and he, and yeah. Like you said, yeah, and he, and he needs reps. And like, yes. I, you know, he came into the second year. He had that year. We had that year set aside. He was going to be the guy. He was going to get his reps and gets injured in the second game. And it's just. He's not the athlete that the 49ers thought he was going to be when they drafted him, right? He's not. Yeah. He's not Anthony Richardson. Like, uh, Trey Lance is just not that explosive of an athlete. Yeah, the arm is there, but he lacks touch. He still he needs reps. I'm not saying I think Trey Lance is bad. I think if you have the take that Trey Lance is good or Trey Lance is bad, you're faded. Because we don't know. He hasn't played enough games to know. He needs game reps. The 49ers roster is not in a position to get him game reps. Now, if Brock Purdy never showed up, then Different you have story. this conversation. Yeah. You have, okay, we really need to, he's got He's got to be the guy. He no longer has to yeah. be the guy. And they're not going to risk it. Brock Purdy, first off, is making less money, way less money. His, his salary is so low that he's not counted against the 49ers cap because he's not one of the top 51 contracts. Which okay. is amazing. That's their starting starting quarterback right now. So, uh, yes, we gave up all those picks, but like you said, when do you bite the bullet? And I think if he's going to start the season as the QB3, you got to bite the bullet now. You can't, you, can't, you can't destroy his value like that. Yeah. You, know, you might be able to pull a second for him right now from a desperate team, probably a third, fourth. But if he starts the season as QB3, he can't even get the backup reps over Sam Darnold. He's done. That no one will will pay you anything to get him. And you know, you brought up you guys didn't really make a lot of moves in the offseason on the offensive line. Um, I agree with you there. They probably could have upgraded after some of the losses. It, it kind of is what it is at this point. But I also gave him a C just because I they didn't go above and beyond, but they didn't uh, go below expectations. I feel like with the moves, I love the heart. A Hargrave move. The offensive line, I don't think you have to worry about too much, especially when you have Trent Williams on the line. So you just got to wait and see. And expectations are high right now. But when you have the star playmakers like you do in that wide receiver room and running back room, you're a threat every game on the offensive side. Yeah, that's, that's, a crazy, that's the crazy thing. We're talking about the 49ers yeah. like they're some middle-of-the-pack team. This team is still yeah. expected to go to the NFC Championship game, and they don't really know who's playing quarterback. Or like, I mean, we know it's Brock Purdy, but you know what I mean. It can be McCaffrey. Um, We've seen it before in the championship game. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the, the roster is so good everywhere else but the quarterback room. If they had even you know, just just... If you have Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, this team is going to be number one Super Bowl contender year in, year out, no doubts. And it's just they don't have that. So there's always question marks on whether this team can be good or not. Because if Brock Purdy turns back into a pumpkin, and he's not really what he was last year, because we've, we've seen it. Brock Osweiler played fantastic football for about seven games and got paid and then was horrible. If that's Brock Purdy, then you have Sam Darnold on the roster. We've seen what he can do. Then you have Trey Lance. We have no, you know, this yeah. the situation can be really bad really quick. We'll just have to wait and see. I know you're excited for the season. It's almost here. But um, we got two teams left. I'll let you pick who we talk about next, the Cardinals or the Rams. All right, so we we're going to talk about the Los Angeles Rams. Jordan, I'll let you take it away. Tell us a little bit about the Rams offseason. 
But yeah, they had a they had a, an interesting one. Um, Aaron Donald was retired, then he wasn't. Uh, Sean McVay was at Amazon at one point, then he wasn't. Uh, Matt Stafford was traded, and then he wasn't. And then he was retired, and then he wasn't. Then they guaranteed his contract, but they still wanted to move him. It was it was a crazy off season. Um, but the gang is all back together. It seems like they uh, traded Jalen Ramsey uh, for a bag of chips. Or a bag of chips for the salary relief. Can't really blame them there. And everyone else, all the big key players, have returned. Now, this is an interesting team because I think everyone's going to pick them to be bad. But I think the Rams are going to surprise some people. Because if you look at what the downfall of that team was last year, the offensive line was horrendous. I mean, it, it was horrible. The run game was terrible. And the offense was just kind of sloppy because of that. It was Matt Stafford throwing the ball to Cooper Cup 35 times a game and hoping that they they figured it out. Uh, Defense wasn't as good as it had been in the past, but they've they've done some things to kind of uh, correct that. And not totally, but I think the offensive line is better. They're more healthy. I think they're going to be better. Uh, Steve Avila, I think, is a good guard. Matt Stafford just being healthy will will help them a lot. So, I think the Rams are going to be a middle of the pack team. I won't be shocked if they compete for a playoff uh, playoff spot in the wild card. I just don't think they're going to be as bad as everyone thinks. I'm going to give them a B because I liked all the moves they made. Um, they helped the the defensive line. Kobe Turner, Byron Young should help immediately. Nick Hampton. I think Puka Nakua could be a a really good return to the normal for them at receiver. I think he him he can be a one for one with Robert Woods. I really I believe in his talent. Uh Hodges Tomlinson, I think he will start pretty early for them at corner. And I think they have a capable backup in Stetson Bennett. You know, I I think in a Sean McVay system he can do fine. I think it's one of I think a Sean McVay Kyle Shanahan system he'll he'll be okay in. Um but I just don't see them being bad when you bring back all the key players, right? I'm not going to pick them to win the division or even be close. But I do think this this they'll surprise some teams with being better than people think. So I'll give them a B. Yeah, honestly, you know, I view this Rams team, I think they're the biggest question mark in the NFL coming into the year. I just feel like, you know, you just don't know where they're going to be at. You know, can they go back to their former selves and make it back to the Super Bowl? Yeah, maybe. I mean, Matt Stafford is a very talented quarterback. I know he's coming off a couple injuries, serious injuries. I still think he can do a solid job. You got Cooper Cup. He's going to be healthy, hopefully. Aaron Donald, like you said, he didn't know what was going to happen with Aaron Donald or McVay. You know, they could have been out the door. Um, honestly, I, I just didn't think it was a good off season for the Rams. I gave him a D just because, you know, they lost a lot of key players like Ramsey, Wagner, uh, Leonard Floyd, Nick Scott. But um, I I don't think they did a good job replacing them to get back to where they need to be in this division, just because I think there's a lot of inexperience and a lot of – it's just question marks. So I think, you know, I love the Zach Evans uh, running back pickup. I think that was a good pickup for him just because, um, you know, you just – Cam Akers – it's kind of like, what is, is he, is he going to be the guy? Is he not going to be the guy? Overall, I just think it's just been a weird off season for him. I mean, I, they're relying heavily on Matt Stafford 
Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. Yeah, and I, I agree. Um, but with a healthier offensive line play, I think, and just a healthy Matt Stafford, I think the offense will be able to carry them through some of the games that they should have that they would have lost last year, that they should win this year. So that's why I gave them a B, just because I think that, you know, they did enough offensively to get some young, interesting pieces on the defensive line and, you know, Puka Nakua and fix the offensive line a little bit depth wise. Um I could see them making a run. I don't you know, I don't think they're gonna be a great team, but I won't bet against Sean McVay and Matt Stafford. So say Sean McVay, you know, he's there's been years where it's like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen to this team, and they end up doing really well. So you can't bet against them, I will say that. Um, but we got one more team, and that is the Arizona Cardinals, who they're there right now in the NFC West. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a whole new regime, that GM and coach. Kyler Murray's hurt, so we don't know what's going on there, and they are squarely in the Caleb Williams Bowl. Um, had a good draft, had a fantastic draft, I think, just because of what they did in the first round. They get Paris Johnson, who Kyler Murray wanted, and they added Houston's first, and Houston might be bad on top of their own first, and they should be bad because Kyler probably isn't going to play the first six to eight games of the season. Uh, if that, you know, he might not play at all, who knows? Um, they, they, this was a setup off season. They didn't do a whole lot outside of that. Um, this was about setting them in a direction for the future, and I think that's exactly what they did in the draft. The interesting thing will come next offseason. It's way too early to talk about that. But if you know, the big thing is figure out if Kyler Murray is going to be the guy or not, because if he's not, you're probably in a position where you're going to take Caleb Williams or Drake May or one of these top quarterbacks going into next year, and you're going to set yourself you know, in that direction. So I, I, I'm going to give him a B, just because I don't think there's no negative vibes coming out there right now. I think the players are going to play for Jonathan Gannon, even though I don't think he was a great selection. I do think he's kind of a leader of men type. So, you know, I think he'll he'll get the players to play for him much more than Cliff Kingsbury will. Um, And you get the stink of that, what could have been with that regime, right? So this is just kind of a figure it out year. So I'm not going to hold it against them. They're coming in expecting to be bad. So I give them a B just because I think they had a really good draft. Yeah. and. The draft is basically all that they did to really, I think, make significant upgrades this offseason. You know, I was going to give him a C, and then um, I, I look back and it's like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury. Because I thought, you know, they could have done better with the personnel, but then I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're coming from Cl- Cliff Kingsbury and that whole coaching staff. So it's kind of like anything's an upgrade at this point, I feel like. So they did upgrade. Um, yeah, they did most of their work in the draft. You know, they let go of DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt retired. And it's kind of like, okay, where do we go from here? What's our next step? And they realized, well, we're not going to compete this year. We, we just don't have the talent for it. It's a new regime, like you said. They're going to have to get used to the system anyway. Let let them get their guys and then build up from there. And that's what it is. It's, it's a transition year for them. Um, yeah, so I think a B's. I think that's perfect for him. Yeah, I think the the only thing you're figuring out this year is is Kyler Murray going to be our quarterback? Because if he's not, you're going to start looking into trading him, and you're going to want to keep tabs on on where that happens because you don't want to go into the off season and then have to do all that work. Yeah, um, 
we see how these quarterback trades end up. It's you know it can be messy at the end, so you don't want that to happen for Kyler or for the Cardinals. You want it to be an easy transition into the next guy. You don't want it to drag on. So you you figure that out in season with Kyler, and you go from there. Yeah, and I think that's all you can do at this point. And that's that's our last team for today. But there has been some uh, signings since our last episode. Teams that we've talked about. So I think it's right that we bring up and see. I just want to see what your opinion was on the signing. You know, we saw Delvin Cook sign. We saw Zeke sign. And then also, I don't know if you saw today, Jadavion Clowney signed. I know you're not the biggest Clowney fan. But I'll start with yep. him. He signed in Baltimore. Do you think it's a good move for Baltimore? Or do you think they made the wrong move of bringing him in? Well, we talked about, you know, they needed that veteran edge and a little bit more help on that defensive line. So I think he he brings that. Uh, I don't like him. I don't think he's very good at rushing the passer, at least impactfully. You know, he'll get his counting stats. He'll get, you know, maybe four sacks or whatever. But he's he's a decent veteran signing for that defense. I don't think you can go wrong with it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's an impactful yet just meh signing. And also in Baltimore, I I did forget to mention Marlon Humphrey. He did uh, suffer an injury. They don't know if he's going to be healthy for week one yet. They bring in Ronald Darby, another veteran presence, into that secondary. Uh, I think that's a move he kind of just had to make just for safety reasons. So Yeah, it, and Darby's it is, a guy yeah. that he, he can play, and he's played in big yeah, games before. So you kind of you know what you're getting out of Darby, I feel like. so Yeah. But, uh... Talk about Delvin Cook next. Um, he, he comes to that backfield with Brees Hall. Brees Hall's coming off the knee injury. Uh, you just don't know what he's going to look like for the first couple weeks. He may need to knock the rust off. What do you think of Cook finally signing with the Jets? I think that's where you wanted him to go. Um, I do think he's a little bit washed up, but I think he's still got some talent. He's still one of the more talented running backs of his generation. And like you said, Brees Hall might need to knock the rust off and get into the swing of things. So I think early in the season, Dalvin Cook will be much more involved than he is late into the season. Um, but as a change of pace guy, as a guy that just, you know, just a breather back, really, you can do a lot worse. And for $8.6 million, you know, I think they are going to use him even late into the season. But I think at that point, it might be more of a full-time committee with Brees Hall, him, and even Michael Carter maybe sprinkled in. But, uh, Early in the season, I think that's where he'll they'll get their money's worth out of him. I think he'll be kind of the one A to Brees's one B until he's really fully healthy and fully confident in his knee around midseason, and then you'll see Brees Hall start to take more and more of the work away from him. Yeah, and you know you're gonna see an amazing matchup week one now. You know a lot of people are excited for Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers, but as Ellie Nice says, no, no, we got Dalvin Cook versus James Cook. In the back, James Dalvin, James Dalvin Cook versus <laughs> yeah. Dalvin James Cook, four hundred um, rushing yards. I'm calling it. That's it what I want out of very, that game. A very exciting week one for the Cook family. Um, speaking of Cook, um, you cook and then you eat, and uh, there is a running back that is getting fed by your team, Tommy uh, Ezekiel Elliott. The man, the myth, the legend, the guy that's given us so many great games and so many great memes and performances is headed to New England. He's wearing number 15. He's bringing back the OSU number. Tommy, how do you feel about the signing 
bringing in Zeke as the vet. Well, Jordan, I feel like, you know, I have a soft spot for Zeke. I really do. I rode the coattails from, from him in fantasy football for so many years while he was in Dallas. I think, you know, I, I love his energy as a player. He's very exciting, at least before he is washed. I will admit that. But uh, he's just very exciting, so I always liked his play style. But honestly, I really like the signing. I think there's a lot of more upside to him than I feel like, you know, with a Kareem Hunt, with a Leonard Fournette. Just because you put Zeke in the goal line work, I think he's going to thrive. He's going to help in pass play, catching the ball. He's amazing. We've said that before. He thrived off of screen plays in Dallas, and we know the Patriots love screen plays. We, they they thrive off those. Um, but he, he's a great pass blocker, too. And, you know, they're already working in the system. They had joint practices with Green Bay. And the red zone offense for the New England Patriots, believe it or not, I believe they scored eight touchdowns against Green Bay. And Zeke was one of them. So they're already working in. I think he's going to help that red zone offense. And I think he takes a lot of the workload off of Ramondre Stevenson. You know, I think Stevenson, he's definitely the, the number one back. I think he's a great back for New England. He fits the system well. but. I think Zeke's that good change of pace guy. Six million, is it too much? Maybe, but it's three years, or not three years, three million is the base, a million signing bonus, and then two million incentives. So I think, you know, overall, I think it's a pretty solid deal. Yeah, um, completely agree with you. I think goal line wise, he's going to bring a different element. Even than a Damian Harris brought, I think Zeke just knows how to get into the end zone. Um, and he's a great pass blocker still. That's probably his best asset now as yeah. he's aged. Is He's probably the best pass blocking running back in the NFL. Um, so that'll be huge for Mac Jones. And I think he's just, he's a guy that's played in a lot of big games. He has a lot of experience. And I think that's invaluable to an offense like the Patriots who are, you know, they're really young and there's not a lot of experience on that offense. Um, like you said, Mondre, still, he's still the guy there. And I think that, not getting him all banged up at the goal line, it will, you know, it'll help him stay healthy, help him still be an explosive runner and, and get those big breakaway runs that we're so accustomed to seeing from him. And also he's a talented pass catcher as well. And uh, I think it's just going to allow Ramondre Stevenson to just be even more involved in this offense, really. I mean, like I said, I always hate bringing up fantasy, but people are going to look at his numbers and the rushing touchdowns might not be there this year for Ramondre Stevenson, but I bet he's a lot more impactful for this offense having Zeke take that short yardage work, take those brutal hits that you know, Zeke is used to taking and will probably continue to take. So I really like it to I really like Zeke there to take some of the workload away from Ramondre Stevenson and keep him more healthy because he is the guy. He's the weapon in New England at this point. And, you know you just kinda you have to look at the market and say who's out there. And I think best fit for him it's probably Zeke and like you said he's played in big games I know one thing though he will not be lining up under center please just don't have that happen I don't think that will happen with both the Bills they're helping out in the offense now but yeah true so um that's all I had extra besides the offseason grades is there anything else you wanted to add Nope, we got the South and we got the, the NFC North, and we are done. Yeah, three more divisions, then we got div division predictions coming up next. And then before you know it, 
we are going to have the opening kickoff. We got Kansas City or Kansas City Detroit first game of the year. I'm excited. We're almost there. It's like two and a half weeks or something like that. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be fun. But uh, that's gonna do it for us today. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the lot or not the locker room armchair GMs. I'm getting ahead of myself. Thank you guys. Have a good one. See you.